entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builder Show, the show for entrepreneurs, business owners, and business leaders. I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the Business Builder Show, and along with my executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guides on this learning journey. The Business Builder Show is distributed by the C-Suite Radio, which is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of business executives. You can learn more about the C-Suite Network by going to c-suitenetwork.com. My special guest today is Bo Burlingham. Bo, welcome to the Business Builder Show. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, Marty. Yeah, we've worked on this for a while, Bo. You've been busy. We have. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so I finally nailed you, man. I got you. This is great. I'm yeah, thrilled. Okay. <laughs> here I am, ready to go. All right. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, we have so much we want to talk about. I'm I'm really am excited. I, I've been following you. I know your work. So uh, I'm kind of hepped up a little bit. So I'll try to calm down and ask good questions. Um Let's start with something that I have not done. I hate admitting to something, um, but um, let's talk about your latest book quickly. Um, Finish Big, How Great Entrepreneurs Exit Their Companies on Top. Now, I've read your other books. I have not read this one. Let's give this a plug because I'm sure it's great. Again, the title is Finish Big, How Great Entrepreneurs Exit Their Companies on Top. Bo, what's that about? Well, it's it's really about um, uh, what's the difference between those who have uh, who at the end of the whole process are happy and feel fulfilled and uh, um, feel that they've had a really good journey, and those who are miserable. Uh, yeah. It's interesting that. Uh, a very, very large percentage, I don't know, I've heard anywhere from 50 to 70 percent of people who wind up selling their businesses have are, afterwards have tre- tremendous regrets. Mm. And uh, so my question was, well, why do they have regrets and why do other people and how do other people uh, avoid that? Mm. And that's really what the book is about. And it, it was actually one of the most um educational experiences for me as an author that I've ever had in in terms of uh, it really sort of challenged a whole lot of ideas uh, that I had about um, about uh, entrepreneurship and about building businesses um, and yeah. so on. It's, yeah. It was it was very eye opening. It, it makes sense. So I promise you, I will purchase and read that book, and then I'll I'll send you a couple notes. You you expect notes from me? You know, I send you a note every now and then, right? Yeah, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, Marty. <laughs> and we are going to focus on uh, your book called "Small Giants: Companies That Choose to Be Great Instead of Big." And now that I have people's attention with just the minute or two, let me introduce Bo Burlingham. Bo has been writing about entrepreneurs in entrepreneurship for the past 35 years, mostly for Inc. Magazine, where he served as executive editor, editor and then editor at large. 
He is currently a contributing writer for Forbes. Along the way, he has authored five books, the most recent being the one we just mentioned, Finish Big, How Great Entrepreneurs Exit Their Companies on Top. He previously authored Small Giants, companies that choose to be great instead of big. He has written three other books with co-authors, including two with Jack Stack, the CEO of Springfield Holdings Corp., and the pioneer of and Jack Stack is the pioneer of open book management. The first of these books, The Great Game of Business, listen to this audience, The Great Game of Business was named one of the 100 best business books of all time. And Bo, I have those in front of me right now. And, and D.C. Taylor, validate. They can't see me. Validate. I have this book. I see it. Okay, great. I have this book. And uh, I've read Small Giants. And we're going to talk about the 10th anniversary issue. You've been at this for a while with the, this book. So let's let's start this way. Um, I, I guess I'll ask it this way. What inspired you to learn about companies that choose to be great instead of big? Well, what was the inspiration there? Well, it was actually an article that I did on a company, an extraordinary company in Ann Arbor, Michigan, called Zingerman's Community of Businesses. Yeah. I uh, I'd heard about them for a while, and this was a, I, I I did this article about uh, let me see, wow, thirteen years ago, uh-huh. and um, I had uh, uh, I, I was just I, I went out. I heard about them, and uh, I talked to my editor at Inc. about it, and he said, yeah, go ahead, go out and see what you got. And I was just blown away by them because they were a company that was doing so many innovative things, uh, right down to the whole structure of their business. uh, It was totally innovative, and uh, and they were – you know they were they were definitely a great company. Uh, you could tell it if by the people who went to work there. I mean, people gave up much higher paying jobs mm-hmm. in order to go be part of uh, Zingerman's community of businesses. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I. Um, but the the thing that was really sort of uh, striking about them was this was a a company that started out as a delicatessen in Ann Arbor, Michigan in 1982. And their goal was to be, you know, really, uh, they, they wanted to create something that they described as great and unique. In other words, it wouldn't be a copy of anybody else's delicatessen, mm-hmm. although there's some great ones around, but uh, they wanted it to be something really special. Uh, and, you know, within 10 years, they'd actually achieved that. I mean, yeah. they were being written up. Everybody, whenever anybody who knew about delicatessens put together a list of the greatest delicatessens in the world, Zingerman's was on it. Yeah. And so they reached a crossroads where they uh, had lots of opportunities. The question was, what were they going to do next? And, um, uh, you know, they had uh, people already sort of knocking down their doors, wanting to set up uh, Zingerman's delicatessens in other cities around the country. Right, right. And uh, they could have franchised, they could have raised private equity and uh, grown it themselves. But they decided they didn't want to do any of those things because, uh, as they said, they'd started out to create something great and unique. But, uh, uh, you know, when you start replicating something, it's no longer unique by definition. A lot of times it isn't even very good, let alone Yeah, great. right, yeah. 
So, so, so instead, they decided to create other great and unique companies in the Ann Arbor area that were all food-related um, and, and set up something called the Zingerman's Community of Businesses. In other words, they would have a bakery, uh, they could have a restaurant, they could have uh, a mail-order company, uh, they could have a coffee company, yeah. a coffee-making company, they could have a... Uh, uh, a gelato company and so forth. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did. They created all of these really, most of them are award-winning businesses yeah. in the uh, Ann Arbor area that are just exceptional at what they do. And so it's, uh, it was, it was, it was an interesting response to success. Mm. Um, you know, having been at Inc for so long, uh, my, the typical thing that I found was that if you were as successful as they were, the next thing you wanted to do was to get as big as possible, mm -hmm. as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. And they'd made a decision not to do that. And uh, after the article, article got a big response from our readers at Inc. And uh, one person who called me up was a publisher in New York who said uh, he, he wondered if there were other companies out there like Zingerman's. I'd never... I've never seen any company like Zingerman. Mm -hmm. And he said, no, I mean, that it had the opportunity uh, to get a lot bigger, a lot faster, but chose not to. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a very good question. I actually didn't have any idea how many of these companies I'd find, but I thought it was worth going out and looking. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what I did. I went out and looked for companies that um, were, uh, we were seen within their industry. In other words, people who knew the business best, including their competitors for that matter, thought that they were among the best. Yeah. Uh, I wanted companies that were either the best or among the best at whatever it was they did. Yeah. I also wanted comp companies that had been recognized by independent third parties for um, contributions that they'd made to the community and so forth, which was another characteristic of Right. And I, I, I wanted uh, companies, um, you know, that had been around long enough also to experience the ups and downs of business and it survived. And uh, I wanted companies um, that, uh, well, they had something which I, I didn't actually have a name for it when I uh, when I started out, but uh, I got one along the way. It was it's a special quality. You know, I'd been at Inc. in the early 1980s, and I'd met an awful lot of great companies mm -hmm. uh, that are today household names. Right. And uh, uh, one thing I noticed about those companies was that they had something very special going for them. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it wasn't just that they were successful, but there was they had this sort of magnetism. It's like mm -hmm. when you... You, you wanted to be around them. Yeah. You wanted to work for them. Yeah. You wanted to buy from them, you know, and so forth. And uh, yeah. uh, uh, the term I came up with, which was actually came to me from one of the companies I wrote about, namely Cliff Bar, yeah. was Mojo. Mojo. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Mojo. Uh -huh. And uh, the, the, uh, it's, uh, I define it as the business equivalent of charisma. Uh -huh. You know, when a when a leader has charisma, you want to follow him or her. When a business has mojo, you want to be associated with that business. You want to buy from it, sell yeah. for it. Yeah. Y you know. So uh, these companies, though, made the decision to be great 
instead of big. So you searched these companies. They made a conscious. This wasn't an accident, right? No, it wasn't an accident. It was a choice. It was a choice. It was a decision um, to do this. And so, therefore, the well, where did the name Small Giants come from? How did you decide that? And I forget the number of companies that you studied, 10, 11, 12, 13, I forget. Um, but where did, the, where did that whole concept, Small Giants, come from? Well, that's interesting. Small Giants was actually the last thing that we came up with. Oh, okay. Um, We were looking for a title of the book. Uh, We already had the subtitle, you know, the companies that choose to be great instead of big. And uh, one of the companies in the book is is called Artist, Artist Framing. And in Chicago, and it's it's really it was and still is, you know, the sort of number one uh, independent, uh, locally owned uh, framing business right. in the in the country, really. Right. And the the leader of artists frame framing is a guy named Jay Goltz. Yep. And uh, so I, I asked I asked various people if they had any ideas, and Jay uh, is a marketing genius, and. Uh, he came back to me with uh, with a with a bunch of names, and the, the last one he suggested was Small Giants. Wow! And, and, and I thought, wow, that <laughs> that sounds perfect. Uh, I yeah. told it to my publisher, and he said, "Oh, great! That's a winner! Fabulous! <laughs> That's a winner! Yeah. Isn't that something? How that happens when you're in the game? You're asking the questions. You're around bright people. Um, and, and let me give a, an official shout out to Zingerman's. I'm friends with Ari Weinswig. Uh, and great, great, great guy. And, and people should, first of all, buy the book. We'll get in more details, but zingermans.com. If you're in business, they have, they also have zing train. I want to give a shout out to that bow. If that's all right. They have the training department when an extraordinary company and, and Ari, I'm not taking anything away from you, Bo, but Ari has written four books and it's great. So zingermans.com, check them out. Okay. So. Small giants, companies that choose to be great instead of big. Now, you've just done the 10th anniversary edition. So right. here's a question that I've been burning to ask. What have you seen? Uh, what's new? What's different? What changes have you seen? What have you perceived? Talk to me about that. I mean, it's a 10th anniversary edition. Something is, has, to, has to change over that time. Talk to me about that. Well, a lot of things change. You, you may recall, uh, and your listeners will recall, that some very big things happened in that 10-year time period, including the uh, the Great Recession of 2008, uh-huh. yeah. which affected every company. And, you know, all of the companies that I had written about in uh, 2005 were uh, affected by that. Um, and they were affected in different ways, uh, which was very interesting. How they responded to it was very interesting. But mm-hmm. there was also, I realized that, that I realized actually after I wrote the book that there was a chapter missing from it. Mm-hmm. And that chapter described, you know, what I didn't have, you know, I'd chosen companies that had been uh, profitable right. for a, a long period of time. And I thought, well, gee, if they'd been profitable, uh, you know, for 10 or 15 or 20 years, then uh, I figured they'd they'd be they'd be safe for the future mm-hmm. naive me um there were things changed in business and right. uh, 
things always change in business. Yes. And um, actually, one of the companies that I wrote about came within one week of uh, having its loan pulled and by wow. the bank and going out of business. Wow. And another one did go out of business. Yeah. And and so the question I had was, okay, well, what was it? What can we learn from these? Right. And I basically uh, realized that there were three other. Um, the 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 company that went out of business was uh, um, a company called in in California called Rhythm and Hughes, which is a computer special effects company. Yeah. If you ever watched, uh, if you if you watched The Life of Pi, for example, mm-hmm. um, uh, all. Practically all of that movie, I mean, the ocean, the lion, the tiger on the boat, um, the boat itself, all of that is actually computer special effects, although, mm. you know, you, you never know it from looking at it. But, right, uh, right. Uh, they won the Academy Award for that. Um, mm. They won actually several Academy Awards for that uh, for that movie. Uh, they won it, moreover, 11 days after they filed for Chapter 11. Wow. Protection. Yeah. So they're an example. And, Things changed. And, huh? and they're an example. What happened with them was that the business environment changed and their business model, which had been, which had, you know, they had for, you know, 20, 25 years, um, suddenly uh, was not viable anymore. And they were very, and it, all it took was uh, a couple of, uh, you know, bad uh, yeah. movies that uh, got changed. I, I write about it in the book. Yeah, the yeah, you do. You write it in the, the book. The point for other people is that environments change, and an envi- a change in the environment can mean that you, the business model you've relied on in the past yeah. is no longer viable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another company was a company that was uh, really the pioneer. You know when you uh, have a laptop and you open the top of it, it doesn't fall right down. Mm-hmm. Um, that's because of something called a constant torque hinge. Mm-hmm. And there, and 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 there was a there was a pioneer in the constant torque hinge business called Rail Precision Manufacturing. Yeah, and and they. Uh, they, they were an extraordinary company, which again I wrote about in the Small Giants. Um, but uh, what happened with them was that uh, they made a decision at one point, and that one decision was um, almost put them out of business. Mm. Uh, came very close to the, basically the decision was. When, when laptop manufacturing went overseas, went to Asia, um, they had a choice about whether or not to go after it with the manufacturers. Uh, and they decided that they that they had to because if they didn't, they'd have to start laying people off. Mm. and Or at least that's what they feared. And uh, so they went after the business and in fact they did very well at first they had something like 25% of the global market for laptop hinges mm. and then but then you know the competition heated up and uh, they were competing against local suppliers in uh, in Asia and uh, 
China and Korea and so forth. And uh, they had a choice to make, which was, should they compete on price with these with these companies? And again, they were afraid that if they didn't, if they let the business go away, uh, that they would uh, have to lay people off. And mm-hmm. part of their mm-hmm. philosophy was that they they really didn't want to lay anybody off. Right. And uh, so they decided to. Um, in the end, they wound up having to lay a lot of people off, but they, they wound up deciding to compete on price. Well, when I went out to see them afterwards, after I'd written Small Giants and they were in trouble, um, they were making more laptop hinges than ever, and they were losing money on every yeah, single yeah, one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's that. to me, what was the lesson there? The lesson there was that you have to... Um, have steady gross margins that you protect. Um, if you um, allow your gross margins to erode, um, you know the chances are yep. you're going to wind up. You're going to get into a point where you cannot um, support the kind of company that you created in the first place. Yeah, they 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 managed to. Uh, they they actually had a happy ending because they were lucky to have. Uh, have have a new uh, president that they or CEO right. that they brought in, right? Um, and uh, he was the one who met with the bank, and the banker told him we're pulling the plug next week. Wow! And he he basically said, well, uh, you know, all I can do is tell you what we're doing, and he laid out his plan, and the bank must have felt that it was a reasonable plan because they did not pull the plug the next week or the week after that or the week after that. And he was slowly able to get what he realized was that laptop hinges had become a commodity product. Right. Uh, it had gone from being a value added product to a commodity product. And the, the company was so dependent on them for cash flow that it couldn't afford to, to, it, it couldn't afford to stop um, uh, to, to, to give up that business, or right. at least they thought they couldn't afford right. it. They thought this they guy, couldn't. Right. This guy yeah. recognized yeah. That, their, that their main product was, in fact, their enemy, uh-huh. <laughs> and that they, they had to get out of that business. So some um, courageous decisions had to be made, right? Exactly. You know what? And let's leave them hanging because I want people to buy this book. Let me tell you about the title of the book again. It's Small Giants, Companies That Choose to Be Great Instead of Big. And, of course, my guest is Bo Burlingham. And buy the book. But I also want to tell people, if you aren't familiar with The Great Game of Business, the book that was one of the leaders, you should read that from Bo and Jack Stack. You should read that. It's fundamental. And, Bo, we kind of need to wrap up, but before we do, let's talk about the smallgiants.org. What's the organization about that you're part of and you're a co-founder? Tell us about that, because there may be people who are listening who want to participate and learn more about that organization. Well, what, it, it actually it wasn't, it, it came about because there were a lot of people who read Small Giants and identified with it. Basically, they read these stories of these companies and they said, that's the company, that's our company. Or they said, that's the company we want to be. And But the question was, you know, how do they communicate with each other? Yeah. And one of these people um, who had a great company himself called 
Paul Spiegelman. Right. The, it, it, it was a company that would have been in the book if I'd met him beforehand. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, he basically said to me, you know, you've got a great opportunity here. You should take advantage of it. And I said, well, yes, but, you know, the problem is, Paul, this opportunity calls for an entrepreneur and I'm a journalist. And uh, and I said, if you want to do it, uh, I will support you 100 percent. Yeah. But but somebody somebody. Uh, other than me, has to sort of take this up, and he said he was he was up for it, and yeah. so he really, I I supported him, and I was the co-founder in that sense. Yeah. But it was mainly Paul, yeah, and who who is who has started the organization, and who has led the organization, and it has grown because it turned out there were, a, a, you know, there were literally thousands of companies that um, you know fit that description yeah. of. Yeah, of 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 wanting to uh, uh, be a small giant. Yeah, and uh, exactly. Uh, so, so we haven't, you know, as you know, we 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 have an annual um, conference, right? And we also have their local chapters around. Actually, the small giants community, uh, Paul and the people he works with, um, have come up with a great program called the Journey. Um, mm-hmm which is a program for companies that really want to learn from the, the best examples of companies that practice. Some of them are in my book. Some of them are, you know, Jack yep. Stack's one of the yep. uh, right. c- companies. Uh, Springfield SRC is one of the companies they go to see. It's, and uh, it's a an whole program that, you know, you can take to either sharpen your practice of, uh, you know, the small business um, practice or uh, you can uh, or to learn how to do some of these things. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a tremendous program. It's just started up. Yeah. So if you go to the smallgiants.org website, you can find out about it. They do a bunch of other things as well. That's what I want uh, people to do, Bo. I want people to go to smallgiants.org. If you're a company that wants to be great instead of big, you've got to get Bo's book. You've got to go on the smallgiants.org. You've got to see what's going on. If things go as planned, I will be at the summit, which is in Detroit in 2017. So I'm looking forward to that. Bo Burlingham has been my guest. Bo, thank you so much. I'm honored that you took time you're doing some you've done some great work and you're continuing to do some great work so thank you so much for being part of the business builder show thank you marty and i look forward to seeing you in detroit excellent so you have been listening to the business builder show the show for entrepreneurs business owners and business leaders i'm your host marty wolf and hopefully you'll keep coming back to the business builder show that's distributed by c-suite radio thank you so much and have a great week Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. 